Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day and welcome to The Call. Ten stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Thursday, the 23rd of June. I'm Andrew Gagan. Good to have your company. And our two experts on the show today, David Lane from Audmanette and Gary Glover from Novus Capital. David, Gary, welcome. Um, Gary, how are you seeing the market at the moment? I'm just taking a look at the sectors there. Materials and energy doing it tough again today. Yeah, no, pretty interesting actually, because obviously you've had uh, obviously the oil stocks have sort of gone up, obviously with the inflationary sort of trade here, but starting to see sort of coal, oil, materials starting to roll off here. So um, most of, most of the market has sort of had a you know, fairly decent correction apart from those sectors. So it's interesting to sort of see that they're all starting to break down here as well. So uh, probably got to be a little bit cautious here with with a lot of those. Um, um, with that side of the market. The good news is that normally uh, if oil stocks and the oil price is peaking um, and starting to cool off, that's usually a good sign for um, the market generally and also for inflation as well. Oftentimes you get oil stocks and your oil price will start to cool off and come, come lower. And that's generally when markets tend to find lows um, and usually you get peak inflation. So it might be too early to call that, but... Mm. Um, but it is good signs there that uh, they are starting to cool off. Yeah, because obviously as energy prices uh, feed into inflation generally, we, we know obviously how that hurts the consumer. David, how are you seeing it at the moment? Um, I guess particularly with commodities, what's going in, uh, going on in that sector at the moment with, I guess, the, the fear that the, the global economy could fall into recession? Yeah, that's certainly been been the case, uh, and and this week slightly better than than we saw last week, being a, a massive sell off across the board. Uh, starting to see a little bit more sense coming into the market, uh, but as you said, there are still concerns about the the global impact of of whether whether or not it's a, a soft landing or whether it's a recession. And uh, at this point in time, the the markets are, are trying to price in um, the, those scenarios. Uh, and our outlook is is still reasonably positive for the for the medium and and longer term, um, particularly in Australia, but certainly in in the US. Uh, they're grappling with with you know more difficult situation in terms of. Uh, their economic scenario, but uh, the underlying um, you know, premise of all of this is the fact that we're all growing very, very strongly. So mm. as we're heading towards the reporting season, um, we're still looking for fairly positive earnings outcomes from particularly those resources companies, but then also from a, a range of other companies. All right, and we'll hear from some of those today. In fact, the first five stocks we're going to cover are uh, uh, Sonic Healthcare, Aussie Broadband, Santos, Clover Corporation and Harvey Norman. Now, for our stock of the day, we're actually going for the commodity of the day. Um, that's after yesterday's uh, theme of the, the coal deep dive that we did. 
and we thought we'd have a look at lithium. There's a lot of stocks in the sector that are on the move. In particular, we've seen um, Pilbara surging. Has it come off this morning though, as we head into the afternoon session? That's after a strong auction uh, of its uh, lithium and Lake Resources. Over the past three or four days, that has absolutely collapsed. A lot of that triggered by what's going on at the top with the chief executive resigning suddenly and clearly the market didn't like that and he sold uh, a lot of the stock as he uh, left, as he walked out the door at the same time. David, what are you seeing in the lithium sector at the moment? Because of course we saw that uh, massive run up late last year. It has come off quite significantly. Are you seeing any value there at the moment? And of course a lot of this is about those conflicting narratives of supply and demand. That's that's certainly the case, and and the longer term outlook for the sector is very very positive. Um, we have longer term forecasts that by 2030, 40% uh, of the world's vehicles will be EV. Uh, so there's a a big demand and a big run up uh, over the next decade or so uh, for for those vehicles. So therefore, the demand for lithium is going to be very very strong. Um, but as you've said. There has to be a bit of a balance between supply and demand. Um, prices have been very, very strong recently. We've even seen comments from uh, Tesla and the like sort of talking about the fact that, that once the, the prices reach a level, well, then they're, they're going to have to uh, adjust their production. So they're not always going to go up for forever, uh, but the medium and longer term outlook for lithium is good. In terms of the sector, we do like uh, Pilbara. We, we have a buy recommendation on, on it and think that its, uh, its earnings are, are in very solid position and it's uh, a leader in that sector. Uh, we also like Orchem, uh, AKE is the, the code for that, the old uh, the Oracobra um, business. And uh, we, we've got a buy recommendation on those. Some of the other stocks that we've, we don't uh, have as a positive view on are, are the likes of um, uh, IGO, which we've got a lighten on, uh, and Liontown and, and Mineral Resources. We've got hold recommendations on those. All right, we can see the performance there of some of those other stocks um, today. So, Gary, how are you looking at this at the moment? Are there any ones you're liking right now? Yeah, look, this uh, this sector is trending down pretty hard at the moment, Andrew. So uh, we've got we've had sort of strong distribution, had strong selling there. So the trend has sort of tipped over there. Uh, you know, the problem with these leading sort of sectors is that, uh, that there's, a, there's there's a good trading rule there called the 50-80 uh, rule. There is that. Um, eighty percent of those stocks will once once the leading sectors are done, eighty percent of those stocks will come back around fifty percent correction in price, and around fifty percent of the stocks will come back to around eighty percent price there. So, you know, um, I, I agree that um, the this uh, PLS there is probably one of the strongest sort of um, stocks on the board there uh, in terms of that sector there. But you got to remember, in two thousand and sixteen, the stock corrected around sixty four percent over about eleven months. And in 2018, it corrected 89% in uh, 26 months. So these sort of hot sectors, they, they can get really hot. We've, you know, we've seen three, four hundred thousand percent moves in the share prices. And then once they sort of cool off, you see really large declines as well. So at the moment here, um, we've only got a 50% correction in the price of the of PLS there, of, mm. the, of sort of Pilbara so far. So um, I think Lake is around about 72% off. So it sounds like a lot, but uh, when we've seen numbers like 80 and 90% come off in price previously, like the last two 
you know, we've had a, quite a few large pops in these uh, sectors already when they get hot. So, um, yeah, I'd look, I'd, I've, if I was looking at this sector here, I'd want to be looking for price to sort of stabilise. This is sort of what uh, Stan Weinstein calls a stage four. And that's basically we're in a hard, you know, hard decline at the moment. So, yep. stocks stocks are heading down really aggressively, sort of downwards. So we really want to see price sort of stabilise, start to base, and then start to build here. So, at the moment, there's no base sort of occurring here yet. I mean, look at Pilbara here. The last what four or five days, it's tried to rally here and gone sideways. That's not a, that's not a sort of strong sign here. So, probably a little bit more downside here, I think, for a lot of these lithium stocks there. But um, for me here, it's a bit of a stand back and we really we want to see this sort of um you know base sort of form here first before we look to them so this could be i mean looking at the last two 11 months and 26 months here uh we're still pretty pretty early here we're, we're what only five months off the high here so um you know this this is when the you know uh, the, the naive and young money will sort of jump in and try and buy these dips here this the you know, i think this stock this sector could be under a bit more pressure here for a few more months yet yeah, even as you say, lake off around 72%, um, which some may say is starting to look cheap, but you say there's obviously, it's still very vulnerable um, in terms of where that share price can go. Yeah, and that can take a long time to recover there, too. Like, you might sort of see that that sort of 80% decline, but then yeah. it might spend another three or four or, you know, six months trying to build or trying to stabilise there. So maybe, you know, maybe there's some value here. Uh, and maybe the prices um, will put hold here, but it might take six months here of, of price to stabilise before it starts to head up here. So mm. you, you, maybe you know, maybe you could be sort of sitting around the same price in six months' time. So yeah, uh, might be better places to be here in the in the short term. All right, so that's uh, you're certainly watching that, but uh, not moving in at the moment. All right, let's um, let's get to the stocks as picked by you. The first one being Sonic. Healthcare. Layla wanting to know about this. It is the medical diagnostic operations uh, has well has operations uh, across several countries: um, Australia, US, uh, Europe, and New Zealand. Uh, also has clinical services and a growing radiology division. Um, it's recently been on the acquisition trails as well as well as making investments to the tune of uh, close to six hundred million dollars. Uh, Gary, how do you see Sonic uh, Healthcare? Obviously seen as defensive. Yeah, so I, I really actually like the um, healthcare and biotech there. I sort of think that once this sort of bear market is, is, um, is, has sort of finished, there'll be a new leadership group. So, you know, we've seen coal or we've seen obviously lithium stocks. So we've seen there's always a new leadership group will emerge. So I really like the way that some of the healthcare stocks, um, I mean, they've had a tough couple of years. I've, like Some of these businesses have sort of struggled through COVID. Some of them have actually, like Sonic, have had. Um, I've got a leg up there with all the testing there, but I think generally the healthcare sector has probably been held back, and you know there's a you know there's a, probably a backlog of sort of um, like elective surgeries and stuff in that sector as well. So just I think the sector is going to have a you know fairly prosperous couple of years, and I think there's a sector that could lead here. I think at the moment we're around about 11 times there, but if we adjust sort of for what um, I think earnings are expected to sort of decline a little bit into 23. That's a PE of around 19, which sort of sounds high there, but historically that's not high for Sonic. It usually sort of trades around sort of 21 to 22 times. So um, I think any weakness in the stock here around somewhere between sort of 30, 50 and $32 is probably the buy zone for me. So I, I actually have been buying a little bit here. Um, could could possibly come back to around 30, 50, maybe slightly lower. Um, but 
you know, we've already had um, come back more than 50% sort of um, of the range here. And um, yeah, there's a big support around 32. That's the old high. And around 30, 35 would be like a like a 61.8% correction on the on our fibs as well. So just a couple of big levels there, some value here. So um, I do like it here. Okay, so you are buying it at these levels then? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. David, how attractive is it for you? Yeah, we, we've got an accumulate recommendation on Sonic. Uh, they had an announcement or the, the Swiss authorities had an announcement recently where they've uh, adjusted their um, uh, their laboratory sector reimbursements uh, and that's had an impact on their earnings. But in terms of Sonic, because they are geographically um, diverse, uh, it's only impacted their, their earnings by about 2% this year and then 4% next year. Uh, we have slightly adjusted down some of the, the expectations due to the fact that they've had higher uh, absenteeism from, from staff with COVID and, and flu and the like. Uh, and then there's also been uh, a number of people not turning up for their for their, uh, their treatments. So there has been a bit of a short-term impact there, but one of the, the things that Sonic has been doing is due to their, they're doing a lot of testing over the, the last couple of years through COVID, they're looking at reinvesting those funds into further expansion. Uh, so predominantly in the US and Europe. So uh, a, a good growth outlook as far as that, that business is concerned. And as Gary said, it's a, it's a very good sector to be in and it's got the right demographics. Um, so as I said, we've got an accumulate recommendation on it. Uh, we slightly downgraded our target price. It was $39, it's now $37, uh, but still implies a, a good upside there of about 15% on, on the uh, the current share price. Uh, and it's a, an okay dividend yield of about 3% this year and 3.9% next year. So uh, good you know, low risk portfolio stock that a uh, lot of lot of our clients have, have got in their portfolio. Yep. Okay, so both buying into Sonic Healthcare at this point. All right, let's move on to our second one. It is Aussie Broadband. Grace wanting to know about this, uh, saying after the big drop, is it shaping up to be a buy now? It is the, the telco provider, of course, with broadband. Uh, its share price off around 30% since the beginning of the year. It's also increasing its market share. So, um, David, how are you seeing Aussie Broadband at the moment? Yeah, we like Aussie Broadband. We've uh, got, a, got a buy recommendation on it. Uh, it has fallen off significantly and we do think that that is a, a good opportunity to uh, you know, buy into the, into the company at a good, um, you know, good level. Predominantly they came off due to their earnings being slightly downgraded or, or earnings being below expectation. Predominantly, that was due to the fact that they had uh, growing pains. So they bought over the wire and they've been integrating that business. Longer term, we think that that provides them with some good synergies and that that will increase their, their customer base significantly. So currently, they have about 6.2% of the national broadband market uh, incrementally of on new business. They're actually gaining about 40% of the, the market share. So. We believe that it is a business that's well positioned for growth and at, at current prices uh, is, is very attractive. Our target price on Aussie Broadband is, is $5.10. So uh, anticipating a, a big increase in that, but that also comes on the back of uh, forecasts of 46% earnings increase over the next 12 months. How, how does it shape up with its competitors though? Are you, are you looking at any others in that 
sector at the moment? Uh, yeah, we've compared it to to a lot of the competitors, similar uh, sorts sorts of businesses, a Unity Wireless and and others, uh, and we think that it it stacks up very very well compared to them. Um, obviously, at the the bigger end of the the sector, we we like Telstra as well and and TPG Group, but uh, Aussie Broadband is is a slightly different model. Uh, one of the things that we like about uh, Aussie Broadband is that they've got a good market share in the domestic segment, but they're actually growing fairly strongly in the business segment. So uh, it's one of the preferred picks in that sector. Okay. All right. Gary, your thoughts? Yeah, look, a really interesting business here. Andrew, obviously, um, look, at the moment, um, look, we're probably trading on a multiple around 44 times, which sounds pretty high here, but it is a business that's growing really fast. And if we look forward to sort of 23, they're forecasting to almost more than um, double earnings as well. So that puts it on a P of around 18 times, 23 numbers, if that that growth, you know, if the analysts have got it right here in terms of where it's, where it's heading there. So definitely some value there. In terms of that price decline, it's actually come off from, I think 603 was the high, got down to 301. So basically halved in price here. So 50% heck up from the very top. Um, so that's interesting sort of technical price point. Oftentimes you sort of these these growth stocks can have these decent declines here. So definitely think it's pretty interesting here, starting to sort of bounce off at sort of $3 level. So I actually like the way that it's actually um, so far has held above the three, doing a little bit of work here. So um, yeah, this is pretty interesting here to me. It's sort of, they've been winning a lot more. I mean, they, they do a lot more of the high speed plans so than, than the Telstra and some other majors. So um, yeah, it's a business which is, um, you know, set to sort of grow pretty hard here. So this is not, a great market for growth stocks, but I think this is uh, potentially a great stock here as well. So just about pricey. For me, I think if it can hold $3 here over the next uh, few weeks, not break below that, uh, I think that'll be really positive for the share price and you know, probably a good value point here looking at the growth of that company and where it's trading at. So uh, yeah, around $3 would uh, probably be you know, probably great buying. Okay. All right. A double buy then on Aussie Broadband. Moving right along to Santos, Cameron wanting to know about this. It is uh, Australia's uh, second largest energy company. We were just talking that, about uh, the energy space at the top there. Um, Santos, obviously, oil and gas exploration and production. Yet we've seen those prices uh, come off this month. So, um, Gary, Santos, I think it's up around 10% since the beginning of the month, obviously reflecting what's going on with oil and gas at the moment. Yeah, probably the most crowded trade in the market, Andrew, a month ago, really. You talk to any analyst, anyone in the market saying, you know, it should be long energy, and everyone everyone probably was. So the problem is is that if everyone's already long, everyone's already in, there's no one left to buy. Um, and that's oftentimes when you get a peak in these sort of sectors here. So, look, it's uh, if you look at the, if you go back and look at the 70s when we had um, pretty high inflationary period there, um, energy was one of the top performers for the decade there, but some, had some massive moves up and down in there. So we saw some, you know, triple-digit gains a few years. We saw some, uh, you know, down 30, down 20%. So just tells us that energy is going to be pretty volatile um, here in the short term. So just just be careful to come in this crowd. At, at the moment here, I still think um, everyone's still too bullish, uh, the sector. We've seen the oil price already cool off from 120 back to 103 last night. Um, just typically, once the oil stocks start to sort of turn down and, and oil, oil starts to peak as well, that's often where markets you know, find 
you know, often find a bottoms in these infl um, high inflationary periods. So I like the fact that the markets had a, you know, our market's off 16% from its highs there. So that's a big correction for the Aussie market. So I think we're probably nearing a low um, and maybe those energy stocks are probably going to cool off a bit more. So I, I wouldn't be going near um, the energy, although we're off sort of, you know, had a reasonable correction so far, still think you could see probably a larger decline in those energy stocks. So to me, that's still too crowded. Even though we've cooled off here, uh, I think the energy sector can still still come off there. But um, probably one to buy a little bit uh, later in the year when we've seen a larger decline. Is it, so if you're holding at the moment, do you, you, you stick with it? Well, yeah, as long as you weren't buying at the top. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I can see this coming off another you know, five or ten percent quite easily. So, um, but yeah, the, the one thing about the seventies is that uh, the energy sector was one of the top performing um, sectors in that inflationary period. So, if you're, you know, if you if you if you can agree with all the doom and gloom that um, that we're not going to get ahead of inflation, where we are heading for a recession, and that um, the CPI number is going to remain high for a long time, energy sector is probably a good place to be here the longer haul. Just the reality is you're going to get some really big moves in those stocks. You're going to get some real volatility within the sector here. So the sector you can't be chasing, you know, coming out of the highs. Mm. Um, really got to be waiting for it to call off here. So I, th I think we're probably, you know, the decline is probably halfway down. So it's, you're probably sitting in the middle here of where it can trade here. All right. So, David, if you're not in energy at the moment, is it too late? You need to, to sit it out? Uh, we don't necessarily think so. Um, understand, you know, what Gary was saying about the, the markets, and, and I suppose uh, we're in a difficult phase at the moment where we've seen that the markets sold off very dramatically over the last few weeks. Uh, I guess a lot of the, the decisions in your own portfolio depend upon your own view on, on where we're going forward. Uh, longer term, our view is that we're still in reasonable economic shape and the the chances of a recession are still relatively low uh, at this point in time. So on that basis, we still do like Santos. It's the, the pick in that sector. Uh, I think at current levels, it, it does represent fairly good value. Uh, our net present value on the stock is, is $9.63. Uh, the interesting thing about Santos is the timing. Uh, so last year, they were able to, to buy oil search uh, based on the, the current prices of, of oil, they probably wouldn't be able to have bought it at the in the current environment. So I think the timing of that acquisition was very, very solid. Uh, management are now looking at, at the overall business and they've indicated that this year they'll look at selling assets of between two and three billion dollars. They haven't notified the market as to what assets they are, uh, but again, could be fortuitous timing to be able to take advantage of the fact that the, the energy prices are up fairly high. So from a, uh, a management point of view, we, we like the business and think that it's it's good value at, at present. Uh, our target price is $9.60. So you know, on, on that basis, it, it represents pretty attractive value at, at current levels. Yep. Okay. Well, and what are you doing with like some of the others such as Woodside and so on? Does that apply to them as well? Yeah, we do like Woodside as well. Um, it's obviously in a different position having just 
acquired the assets of, of BHP and it, it's now going through the process of integrating those in into the business. Uh, a lot of clients who held BHP have now got a, a smaller holding in, in Woodside, so I've been topping up on, on some of those in recent times. Uh, and think that you know, both both companies longer term are, are good uh, businesses, but Santos is probably our preferred pick at, at present. Okay, all right, that is Santos. Then a bit of a mixed uh, opinions there, which we like. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's uh, move to Clover Corporation. Jake wanting to know about this uh, comes up with products in the. Uh, infant and medical foods market. It provides supplements for infant formula manufacturers. Now, of course, really interesting sector at the moment. Given what's going on in the States, there is a significant shortage of infant formula. That's to the benefit of bubs. In fact, this morning we got further news that another shipment is on the way from Australia. Yet, David, I take a look at Clover Corporation and its share price has collapsed just uh, since the beginning of the month. So what's going on? Yeah, it has. It's it's certainly uh, you know been been under a lot of pressure. Uh, currently trading at about a uh, dollar dollar and one, um, well down over the last twelve or eighteen months. Uh, again, we've got a buy recommendation on it. It is a high risk business, uh, and that sector is is competitive and and probably a dif- difficult sector to understand because you've got um, the impact of of China being a traditionally a, a big uh, a big consumer of, of the product and as you said now the US have got shortages there as well um, we're actually seeing that the sell-off does represent attractive value from a longer-term perspective China's actually made some changes that will come into play in in early 2023 uh, which will be to the benefit of, of Clover Corp. Uh, they're allowing DHA as part one of the products, and I'm not even going to attempt to, to pronounce what that actually stands for. Um, but they've they've had a, a difficult year uh, last year, but we think that it's probably the worst of the times are over and that it is a business that, that will improve. But having said that, it is a high-risk stock. It's probably not the sort of sector that... that I would be advising clients to get into. A um, little bit difficult for, for me to understand, I, I admit, and uh, probably prefer to invest in companies that, that I can understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but, but you're still seeing it as a buying opportunity at these levels then? Yeah, or they've got a buy recommendation yep. on the stock. Okay, Gary? It's funny here, I mean, consumer trends obviously um, um, should be pretty buoyant for this sort of company here. So. Um, you know, these sort of fish oils, uh, infant nutrition. Uh, I mean, you're basically seeing a massive sort of shift into sort of even things like sort of almond milk. So there's a real big um, shift um, into sort of these healthier sort of food options there. So, you know, clover should be hitting it out of the park here, really. Um, but they're not. So, I mean, the revenue was pretty flat for the year. I think net profit, the last update, was, uh, was off 20%. So... In a sector which is really thriving and the consumer is, is shifting and has been shifting for a while here, the company is making no headway. So it should be a little bit of concern there. So share price is horrific. The, the, the chart looks, uh, you know, it's all, all one way, it's all, all down here. So look, it might be undervalued here. Um, could be some value there, could be, you know, but so far it just hasn't been able to get any runs on the board 
in, in a sector where um, the consumer has shifted in their favour um, and they're not getting any results here that uh, that are showing for it. So market cap 167 mil, I think the half year was around 29.7 mil revenue. So just say, just say 60 mil in revenue for the year. Net profit of two mil. So look, at the, the good news is that they're still, you know, they're, um, they're still making a little bit of profit. Um, so it's not, there's not a massive hole there. Mm. Cash is only around eight mil, so a little tight on the cash front there. Um, but what's what's alarming to me is just, just they should be hitting out of the park, and they're not. So look, it's one to watch here. Maybe things can change here, but at the moment, yeah, you know, I agree with David there. I think it's probably on the high risk. Uh, I think there's safer places to be. Um, what's probably a tough, you know, potentially going to be a tough market here for the next 12 months. I think, you know, being in sort of high quality, uh, value, um, high yielding shares is probably going to be where you're going to get your outperformance. So, um, high growth sort of risky stuff is probably going to be, um, you know, going to have a handbrake on it. I think so. Not for me. Okay. All right. To... Harvey Norman is our next one, as picked by Ryan, wondering whether it will continue to hold up against its peers as inflation rises. He's saying he thinks in comparison, well, he's trying to get some comparison essentially to the likes of Temple and Webster and Nick Scarley. So, Gary, Harvey Norman, um, look, I I guess it could be argued it's not purely discretional. Um, There are obviously some items at stocks that are are required, um, non-discretionary. However, obviously under pressure as uh, rates rise and clearly as inflation is rising too. Yeah, massive decline in the share price, mm. Andrew. So we're, we've basically had a, well, basically I think 361 there would, uh, is a, equates to around about a two-third retracement in the in the price there, in the in the range. So massive uh, retracement price-wise from the peak. Um, looking at the numbers there, we're probably trading on a P of seven at the moment, but that's, that's on some probably... Uh, inflated earnings and if we sort of normalize there which I think if we go back to 23 we're probably in about 10 times which is under the average there probably trades around about 11 and a half uh, on average for the last five years sort of prior to um, prior to COVID so definitely some value here um, look the, the only concern for me is that you've, you've got um, you know got transport sort of um, housing retail all those sectors have come off pretty hard here. So they're usually a bit of an indication of the strength of a, an economy. And um, so it's a little bit of a concern that all those sort of sectors have taken a bit of a hit here. But oftentimes um, the shares and the sectors can move in advance of economic movement. So look, the, I think there's some value there. I think the, um, I'm not as gloomy as some here, but it is a little bit of a concern that all those sectors have sort of come off. But um, yeah, so I look, I. I do like it sort of around the 360, but um, probably tempered my view in terms of being, uh, I, I wanted to be really enthusiastic about it here because I think there's some real value there. But mm. um, just looking at the sector economy there, just obviously that discretionary spend, it could be one place that tightens up here. Um, so just might be a tough environment here, but I think probably, you know, around, around that sort of 350, 360 zone, that's probably going to be, um, probably reasonably sort of buying for me. Yep, okay, so you're watching it for now just to see if it perhaps does get to those levels. David, uh, what are your thoughts? And I guess particularly in comparison with, as uh, was mentioned there, uh, Templin Webster, Nick Scarley and co. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's an interesting business to to compare to others. Yes, it's a retailer, and yes, we all go to Harvey Norman as as a shop. But in actual fact, uh, their model is is interesting. That it's a a property owner, so it has about three billion dollars worth of property. Their market cap's about $4.7 billion at the moment. Uh, and then they're a franchiser. So a lot of their, or majority of their stores are actually franchised. Um, so in terms of the inflationary impact, they're probably less exposed than other pure retailers because through their franchise model, which has a very high profit margin, um, they're not as exposed to the local uh, costs as, as a pure retailer may be. Um, but then having said that, compared to a Temple and Webster, which is predominantly online, uh, they don't have the, the property exposure that, that Harvey Norman does. So it's different businesses, but all three of those businesses are benefiting from the fact that we've had strong consumer sales. Uh, the last lot of sales announced were, were April, have had four continuous months of, of growth. Uh, overall retail sales are up about 11.1% and household goods are up 10.2% over the year. So strong fundamentals behind that. Um, but the share price fall has indicated that the, the market's suggesting that that's not going to continue. Uh, so it, it really, a, a buy recommendation on it or a, a buy in your own portfolio really depends on your own view on what is going to happen in the next six months. Uh, we're reasonably cautious on the outlook and had a hold recommendation on the stock, but admittedly that research report was when they were trading at 5.15, so they've now come down fairly significantly, uh, currently on a, on a dividend yield of about 9.9%, and they're actually holding $500 million worth of franking credits, so there is the potential in the reporting season that Harvey Norman could well look at announcing a, a, a buyback uh, or some form of, of capital um, uh, return to shareholders, so there is some potential value in, in, in it from that point of view as well. So is that a still a hold at those levels? Uh, officially, it's a hold. Yeah. Um, probably for, for individual portfolios, I'd be happy to be buying it at current levels. Okay. All right. Let's uh, sum up where we've been with the first half of the show. We began looking at that uh, the lithium sector there, particularly with news. Uh, lots of price movement. Uh, Pilbara today, but Lake Resource is also sinking just in the past few days. Uh, David, he likes uh, Pilbara and also Allchem. Gary's a little more circumspect, saying, look, th these are stocks that are really vulnerable to big corrections and we may still see further uh, falls to go. So he's essentially watching it. Uh, the first stock, as picked by you, was Sonic Healthcare. It is a defensive. Uh, Gary's got a buy on it, uh, sees prosperous years ahead. David also likes the sector. He's got an accumulate on it at odds. Uh, Aussie Broadband, both having a buy on Aussie Broadband. Uh, Santos in the oil and gas. Gary's watching it, saying, look, potentially more losses there. We've seen those uh, particular oil price come off significantly over the past month. Uh, David, he's got a buy on it, uh, also liking Woodside in that space. And Clover Corporation uh, supplying the supplements to infant formula. Uh, Bub's obviously doing very well in that sector, but uh, David's saying it is high risk. Uh, he does have a buy on it. Gary's saying, look, it should have done much better, and it's, uh, it's just not. The chart looking pretty, pretty bad at this point. He's got a watch on it. And Harvey Norman. Finally, there, the retailer. Uh, Gary's got a watch on it, uh, and David 
holding, perhaps with a potential, potential to buy at this point. All right, let's uh, catch up with our own High Conviction Fund. It's as picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. Let's uh, check in with the update. West Farmers, Elders and ResMed were added this month, shifting the original allocations. And in fact, we're going to give you an update on the portfolio's performance next week. Uh, needless to say, it is, it is down along with well, everyone else's portfolio, we presume, at this point too, unless you have done very well and picked sensibly. Uh, so keep sending in your requests. Uh, keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, to our second half, we'll be taking a look at Cube, Serco, CleanAway, Red5 and BAPCOR. Let's begin with Cube. Bailey wanting to know about this. It is the logistics provider. In fact, we had some commentary just recently from the managing director uh, saying that uh, the robust and resilient nature of Cube's diversification strategy will um, hold it in good stead uh, to manage any emerging inflationary pressures. So... Interested to see what our two experts think about it. David, thoughts on Cube? Yeah, we like Cube uh, and, and tend to agree with the with management's view on the on the the outlook. Uh, one of the things that we've seen recently is they've sold their big uh, Moorbank project, got about one point three billion dollars cash in for that, uh, and have also just completed a. Uh, $400 million share buyback. Uh, so that cleans up the company quite a bit and, and makes it a, a pure logistics business. And we think that it is uh, well managed and does have that ability, as you said, to be able to pass through a lot of the costs. So they've renegotiated high uh, fuel price. Companies like Cube that are the logistics and transport businesses are actually able to pass that cost on to their customers. So. Uh, we think it's it's well positioned. Uh, they currently have a, a dividend yield of about two and a half percent. Our target price on the stock is three forty five, so we we're seeing some upside coming from that, and and think that it it has a good out, outlook from the medium and longer term. Mm. So I take that as a buy then. Yes, that's a buy. Yep. Okay, Gary. Uh, yeah. Look, it's um. Look, it's currently about a P of about 28 times, and I think with uh, earnings are supposed to um, forecast to grow sort of slightly uh, next year. So we're looking around about uh, what, 15 to sort of 17 percent growth in in um, in earnings there. But that puts it on around 24 times. So still, you know, still still pretty high there. So I know that growth's pretty decent there, but. Um, it was not probably cheap here, in my opinion, um, particularly in the current environment here. So um, the big thing that does concern me here is the technical picture. So looking at the actual chart there, we've basically got as you know, we've we've actually broken a um, an upward channel here, which is pretty negative. We've seen uh, what I call distribution type volume, sort of some heavy selling in there, and we've now got sort of three or four uh, lower highs in place here. So we're actually trending down here. So 
Look, I did see a little bit of buying come in around that sort of 264 low here, but I, I'd want to see price hold. This stock needs to hold above 264 over the next two or three weeks. Um, but at this stage here, we're sort of, this is a bit risky here. It's sort of the whole, you know, the trend has sort of rolled over here and uh, there's definitely some selling pressure uh, pushing the stock lower here. So mm. yeah, if, I was, if I was keen on the stock, I would probably be, I'd sit back a bit here. I'd want to see how the price handles sort of 260 um, price again here over the next few weeks. So, okay. um, yeah, just trending down. So I would just be, I'd stand aside here for the time being. I think you might get it cheaper. Okay, that's Q. Zach wanted to know about Serco. It's the uh, New Zealand online travel booking and expense management provider. Uh, shares, in fact, have come off around 50% over the past six months. Um, of course, uh, looking for benefit from the reopening that we're seeing, particularly on the on the Kiwi side, I guess. So, uh, Gary, what, what are you seeing as far as the future for Serco is concerned? Uh, forecast to lose money in 23, forecast to lose money in 24. So, um, so although this is a great business, uh, you know, the SaaS business when um, no one worried about P&L and everyone just worried about the revenue line, but at the moment everyone's worried about the P&L line. Um, so look, it's uh, I do like the travel sector. I think um, you know I like flight centre and in New Zealand. I think there's some. Um, you know, I do think that sector is a good sector to be in. I think I, I think the, you'll see a, a fairly strong recovery over the next few years. The share price has had a massive correction there, so we're we're off two thirds. You know, got from eight dollars down to three dollars there. So price has had a big correction there. Um, so yeah, potentially this you know this this might be some value here, but. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be sort of catching the falling knife at the moment. I'd want to sort of see um, some support. It's just this sort of these sort of uh, technology um, unprofitable businesses are going to be a little bit um, unfavourable. Uh, that sector is going to be yeah, you know, just going to be tough. To, investors are sort of going to um, you know a, a struggle to go in that sector to me. So it's just typically in these sort of high inflationary sort of lower growth uh, markets which I think we're sort of heading into. Um, this is not a stock that's going to outperform. So might be some value there, yep. but uh, not for me. Okay. David, is it for you? Yeah, it, it actually is. We've got a, a buy recommendation on the stock. Uh, our forecasts are, are obviously a little bit different in that we're forecasting that they will return to profitability in, in 24. Uh, now, that's on the basis of the company is... is is chasing a, a very large and materially um, beneficial opportunity with Booking.com. Uh, the company has forecast that that will generate hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue for the company. So, if that actually comes off, well, then the, the forecasts uh, for returning to profitability will hold true. Um, but it is a high risk strategy and uh, it, it is a changing in the business. So certainly uh, if you are buying the stock, which we, we do have a buy recommendation on it, uh, it's one to, to hold on to for the, the next few years and and uh, and know that it is a high risk uh, investment. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, next one to take a look at is Clean Away, the waste management firm. Uh, Nicholas wanted to know about this. Uh, in fact, it had its own cleanup to do recently at its uh, waste processing facility in Dandenong following a fire. Um, David, how are you seeing this business? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a good long-term business. We, we've got a buy recommendation on it. We've actually just recently upgraded that recommendation from an Accumulate, uh, and that's partly due to the due to the, uh, the reduction in the share price. Um, but the structural changes in the industry are beneficial to, to clean away. Uh, the, we've been able to see increasing landfill uh, levies and uh, in, in Australia we've now got laws that, that mean that we, we don't export a lot of the, the rubbish that we previously did. Uh, so it is well positioned in that industry. It is a, a leader there. Um, not the cheapest of stocks. It's on a PE of about 34 times, but we are anticipating uh, further profit growth there, which will mean 27 times next year and a dividend yield of 1.9%. So it is in that growth category, uh, but we, we do see that the structural changes in the industry will be beneficial to clean away longer term. Okay, Gary, your thoughts? Yeah, looks not dissimilar to David there. Obviously, that's um, th those numbers. I've, I've got sort of similar numbers there. Obviously, we're you know 39 times now, and then what 27, 28 times, 24, and that's that's actually pricing in about 39% upside on um, the 24 years. So, uh, looking for some strong growth, uh, which is obviously great signs for the company there. Just. Just this sort of, uh, just the the current environment we're moving into there, um, it's going to be tough. For, you know, we're seeing growth get crunched here, so you've still got to sort of view this as being a little bit of a growth sort of stock here. So those high multiples there, just you know, people start to look at those as a, you know, a bit tough here as well. Just again, also the looking at the trend here, a couple of things there. We've uh, we've you know we've clearly broken the uptrend. We've overbalanced the trend. We've, we've we're basically broken below the 50-day moving average. Um, seen distribution type volume again, some strong volume coming off that top as well. So from a trend perspective there, everything's very negative. So the chart is uh, not looking good. Those are all the sort of classic sort of signs of a, of a trend that's tipped over. So uh, again, if you, know, if you really like this stock here, uh, the technicals tell me this stock can go you know, quite a bit lower here. So I'd be sort of holding off and just considering the environment we're in, that multiple that we're on as I is still pretty high for me. I'd like to see that come down a bit lower. I think mm. maybe you could probably buy this in the low 20s here, um, mobile-wise. So yep. I think uh, clean away is going to come up quite a bit lower here. Okay. All right. Let's uh, return to the resources sector. Fiona wanting to know about Red 5. It's based in uh, WA's Eastern Goldfields. Um, just recently spent about $200 million redeveloping the open pits uh, left behind from the collapse of Sons of Gualia in, uh, in 2000s. Um, so, Gary, gold. Uh, the gold miners haven't... I mean, it's shown so much promise. Um, a lot of them seem to be good value at the moment, but they still haven't really moved in a positive direction. So how are you seeing Red 5? Yeah, probably down the higher risk of that sort of gold uh, sector as well. So, I mean, uh, I think we've just got the first pour there and that, what the King of Hills, um, that WA project in June there. So still pretty early stages there for uh, Red 5. Um, I think, you know, not, not, not um, no earnings until 23. So, yeah, it's a pretty risky there. It's, it's got a decent market cap here, 706 million. And that's, that's considering it's come off from... Uh, 46 cents down to 28. So it's had a fair decline. So, you know, probably had a billion dollar market cap there at the top there. So, um, pretty sizable there. But yeah, look, not for me. Um, I think I'd probably stick to, you know, 
evolution sort of northern star there's some you know probably higher quality um you know gold stocks out there and as you say it's been a bit of a tough sector there um interesting sort of high inflationary environment uh, if you look through the sort of 70s um you know i think energy was one of the top performing sectors precious metals was actually one of the i think the second top performing sector as well so uh you again like like energy probably volatile so some some big negative and some big positive years in there, but uh, generally precious metals can typically do perform well in a high inflationary environment. So if inflation is sort of here to stay, then gold could eventually sort of have its day, but um, but yeah, probably gonna be volatile like a lot of the commodities. Yeah, okay. David, uh, Red 5, and I guess more broadly your take on the on the gold uh, producers at the moment. Yeah, broadly we're, we're actually quite positive. Um, as Gary said, the, the gold, Price is is volatile and and is uh, exposed to to, to major uh, global movements. But what we've actually seen in the gold sector, as far as the share prices are concerned, is that a lot of the share prices haven't really been moving with the gold price, and we think that there is overall some reasonable value there. In terms of Red Five, we do like it. Uh, we've got a, a speculative buy recommendation on it. As Gary said, it is it is very high risk, but uh, we do think that longer term uh, it, it's in a good position. That first gold pool means that they they will uh, start generating revenue from King of the Hill over the next uh, 12, 18 months, and and we've got forecasts that they'll actually uh, move into profitability in in uh, the next financial year. So it it is a stock that we like. Got a target price of 46 cents on it, so suggesting 53% upside. But having said that, uh, it, yeah, it's a high-risk stock. Yeah. Okay. Acknowledged. All right. Let's wrap it up with Bapcor. And uh, Jimmy wanted to know about this. It is the auto parts company um, in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, also, um, a number of businesses, Burson Auto, uh, B&T Auto Barn, Auto Pro Midas, uh, with potential growth in Asia as well, where it's expanding its Burson brand. Uh, Although, taking a look at the share price, it has been steadily falling over the past year. So, David, how do you see BAPCOR? Yeah, again, I sound like a broken record, but we, we do have a buy recommendation on, on BAPCOR as well. Uh, and, and like the, the, the business, it's well-positioned, well-managed. Um, I guess when we look at BAPCOR and others, as, as I said earlier with Harvey Norman, we've seen strong trends in consumer spending, uh, if that's to continue, the likes of BAPCOR will will benefit from that. And obviously in the in the used car and, and new car market, it's been very, very strong tailwinds. Uh, whether or not that continues over the next 12 to 18 months, um, I guess that, that really comes into your decision as to whether you, you buy the stock. Uh, but it's reasonably well-priced, dividend yield of 3.9%, um, PE ratio of about 15 times at the moment, moving to 13 next year and dividend yield of 4.2%. So uh, it's it's well-priced and I uh, think it, it is well-managed. Okay, so you do have a buy there at odds. Uh, Gary, what are yes, your thoughts on BAPCOR? Yeah, great, David, there. It's actually it's a, it's a well-managed business, uh, you know, great sector there. Uh, you know, earnings are sort of forecast to sort of grow high sort of single-digit growth here the next couple of years as well. So. Um, not a demanding PE, uh, a bit of dividend yield there as well, getting close to that 4%, so reasonably attractive. Um, so like 
the company, like the sector, like the valuation, just do not like the chart at the moment. Uh, what we, you know, we've got basically sort of three lower highs sort of uh, established there. It, it's, it's heading down. It's actually quite an aggressive. It's in an aggressive sort of uh, downward um, appearance at the moment. So it's kind of in that. It, look, it looks kind of late stage sort of decline, but this is sort of when you can get the. Yeah, this is when you can kind of get the washout move. So if you know if we're you know if we were along the stock and we were sort of seeing you know three or four um, new highs and we're winding up, this is usually the bit where you pop towards the end. It feels like we're 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 about to hit the dip before the low here. So um, yeah, this could be a stock here to be buying here in the next sort of uh, month there if we saw a bit of a bit more of a sell-off here. So definitely some value there, but the trend looks pretty negative. I'd probably um, it's one that I'll be watching here. It looks mm. like it might go a little bit lower here, just technically speaking, but a uh, great company, just price action is still pretty negative. And, and why is that, do you think? Why have we seen that trend over, over the past 12 months? Oh, because that sector's been um, on fire. And obviously, you know, the, we're talking about the used car market, obviously, mm. yes, you know, people at home. So, um, yeah, so obviously the, you know, order barns, the auto pros, you know, those businesses are doing pretty well. So. You, know, you get a bit of a momentum push and everyone runs with it and then, then you sort of the pop into high and all of a sudden you go, go through your sort of selling cycle and then your profit taking begins and then you get you know three or four lower highs and then <clears throat> then, you know, then you sort of end the move. So I think we're getting closer to the bottom, but unfortunately when you're sort of, we're at the point there where we've sort of got three lower highs, and this is when, they extend, when the trend accelerates to the bottom. So um, just need to sort of see the capitulation and the end here. And you probably want to sort of see it start to build as well. But at this stage, this is the um, this is the most bearish leg. So we've basically got that after that third or fourth lower high. This is when you can sort of come off here. I think ANZ made like four or five uh, lower highs and then dropped like $5 um, in a short period of time. So technically, this is sort of when you get the most amount of movement on the downside. So... Um, you know, for your value investors, for your long term, you know, they might be looking to sort of try and, you know, maybe, you know, dip a toe in the water as, you know, yeah. as, each, as it gets lower here. But you probably want to sort of see it come off here. It's just, again, in terms of, you know, if you're a trader here, you wouldn't be buying this because it's obviously trading, it's trending down. You probably, probably want to see a bit of a bounce and then and sort of, you know, start to see it build here. But the value investor probably would start looking at it here, sort of in those low fives for sure. Okay. All right, so that is bat core. All right, so that is the second half. Let's uh, sum it up. And David, I've got to say, you've been in a buying mood uh, <laughs> on all of these. So let's. Uh, we began there with uh, with Cube. Um, yeah, David does have a, a buy on it. Uh, this is in the logistics provider. Uh, Gary saying it's not cheap. It's, it's pretty risky. He's, he's watching it. Um, Circo in the in the travel sector there. Gary, no, not interested. Uh, losing money. Uh, forecast to do so in 23 and 24. David's saying, look, it's looking to return a profit in 24, so he's got to buy on it. Uh, clean away there. Um, structural changes in the industry, David's seen there, so uh, he likes it, a buy. Gary saying, look, a negative trend, certainly as far as the share price is concerned, he's watching it to go lower. Uh, Red 5, the uh, the gold miner, um, no from Gary. Look, if you're going to go into that uh, gold sector, he likes Evolution and Northern Star. And uh, David, he sees it as a speculative buy at this point. And uh, finally, their BAPCOR, a buy from David, uh, both saying it's a well-managed company. Uh, although Gary cites the negative chart there, he is watching it. All right, 
that is our show for today. David, thanks for joining us from Ords. My pleasure. Thank and, you. And Gary from Novus Capital. Good to chat again. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or you can tweet us at TV. And a reminder where to find those stocks, you can head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Stay with us. Thank <laughs> you.